All right, and welcome to Hattrick Sports Talk, a special, what is this, Wednesday edition of Hattrick Sports Talk at the request of our resident hockey analyst, Brandon. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm pretty great. Uh, you know, you could say that uh, it's always a good day when you get to say, what's cracking to a new NHL team? In this case, it's saying, what's cracking, cracking? Uh Yes, I've I've been I've been thinking about that joke for a while. Um, oh. You know, you don't don't judge me. I it's it, I think I think we can't judge you as harshly after that. Honestly, really terrible performance by Chris Fowler today. <laughs> I I mean, look like um, Chris Fowler. He's just kind of why is he even there? I mean, we'll get to it, but. Well, I think the problem is ESPN doesn't exactly have a – they don't have a, a hockey guy yet. I mean, they do they still have that guy who's, like, really old, who's, like, a oh, awesome – like, Boudigras or whatever his name is? Yeah. The guy who, who does like, – yeah, I think they still have him. But he's, he was probably like, uh, I don't want to go to Seattle. I mean, he doesn't need to. He could do it yeah, virtually, he though. Just, I thought they were going to be doing Sports Center from there, which would have been kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, you know um, – it it seems like a lot of people have different opinions on the team on on our on our draft. I think. Look, here's the thing: we all knew we weren't about to like reach into a hat and pull out like a stacked team. Uh, and that's the thing: hockey teams, when you look at them, they're not really like, you know here they're not really stacked like like tampa teams right i mean just the best tampa. teams right tampa's really the only like stacked team and they're not going to be like that for a while because if i'm going to be honest i have a feeling the nhl is going to be like wait a minute that's cheating i mean it is they were negative it, it, 18 it, yeah in the cap. um i mean the rules allow for what they were doing so you know but I, I, there were some interesting players that were left open, and there were yeah, left on in, the board. There were some interesting picks by Seattle uh, of who they took, and there were definitely some players they took that felt very much like, hey, that felt very much like other teams slipping a bribe to them being like hey we'll pay you not to take this player i mean that's also kind of the the case is like some of these guys had no wave clauses some of the guys they kind of just knew like oh we're not going to take them or whatever now obviously this roster isn't official we already heard from pierre lebron that there are going to be some trades done uh during friday's nhl draft we'll talk a little bit about but let's first talk about the guys that weren't picked, namely right. Carey Price and Vladimir Tarasenko. Look, here, is that money a... for you? Because I think with Carey Price, it was. So we talked for... about it that he got right. ten point five yeah. million, right, per year for the next five years, going after surgery this summer. He's 34, 35. Yeah. So with the price thing, I kind of get Tarasenko is weird because a lot of teams wanted him to draft and then trade him, which did not occur. Tarasenko, to me. So, so we'll start with Tarasenko. 
Terrence Sager to me is an example probably of uh, the Blues go like being like, hey, don't take him. We'll pay you. Please. Yeah. Just we'll, we'll have, just, we'll just trade don't, him. We'll trade please, him. please do not like, don't take him. We'll give you something for him. Like, we'll give you, well, I, I bet you they got money for that deal. Something. I'm sure they, there was they're going to get something from, because there's no way a team passes up on a player like Tarasenko that's just sitting there. Unless two things. One, money, but his contract really wasn't that big. I, I can look it up. I, and two, maybe there's a, like a hidden injury thing going on there. He just wants to get moved. And he's basically yeah. Here's and with Carey Price, you know that I was that I was excited for Price. I kind of wanted Price, but the more I thought about it, the more I went. Why would, why would the Habs put Carey Price on the market and have him, and and why would Carey Price like wave his no trick, his no move clause. wave clause, yeah. And you know, the more I think about it, the more I had to go. I feel like this is just a situation. This was a. a uh, like supposed to be a bait and switch because this man is definitely not playing next year. Apparently towards the end of the season, he started dealing with hip issues. He played very little this season. Like he was, he had very little playtime this season. Last season, he had very little playtime. The season before that, he had very little playtime. If you look at him as a goalie, he was great in his early career. He's on the down. He's on the decline. Making ten point five million. It like honestly, a worse GM probably would have been like, "Oh my god, big name has connections to Seattle, has connections to Washington." Yes, you'd be taking a lot of money. You'd be taking a huge swing at him. Honestly, I don't hate it because, in replace of that, we got three. Middle of the road goalies, two of whom can compete right away for the starting job. The other guy will be a great backup. And the do you third think guy. Be rota- do you think they'll be rotational? Uh, I wouldn't be shocked, but I think Dredger will probably be the starter. I mm-hmm. think they're going to let. They're going to. I The way they were pushing him, like putting him like, in the media today, because like during the, the show. I heard him both on 710 and 950. Um, I believe he will end up being their main guy. Mm-hmm. I think they'll give the other guy a chance. But I also believe they the other guy, I believe, was more of a pickup to trade. Um, because you know Which how we'll it see. is. You know how it is in the, in the NHL. Uh, a lot of guys get hurt. They need goalies, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. The guy I'm most interested in, honestly, is the guy we got from uh, Ottawa. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll go. Char- we'll go division by division. Yeah, um, but, to get through those. But yeah. Yeah. So let's let's start in the Atlantic Division first. Just- first, before we do that, so Vladimir Tarasenko, nine point five million this yeah. year, five point okay. five mil next year. That's 
So, I mean, it's not bad. It's not that bad, but also the fact that you could take him and then move him for good value. Yeah, is but what like, makes it hard for me? How old is he? Uh, twenty nine. That's pretty. That's getting up there in hockey, though. Yeah, what it is, get- but it's a two year deal with not a lot. Yeah, but who are you gonna trade him to? There are many teams that want him. There are many teams that told the Kraken, like, "Hey, if you take yeah. him, we'll give you something." I don't. I don't know. It, maybe it was a situation where they just looked at it and they went, but like at the same time, he's, he's definitively the best player on the blues for them to take. Yeah. So I don't know. That's part of it. I, I definitely think that's the one, the one move that I was like, why would you not take him? Yeah. But I don't know. So for the Atlantic division, of course, we started with Dredger. Jeremy Lozon's an interest. So th- this is this division. You see the young talent, right? You see the young yeah. flow, but then you see Yanni Gordon. Oh, who's- my God. Can we just, <laughs> can we just talk about the fact that the Tampa Bay lightning is so goddamn stacked that yeah, they had to put Yanni up for auction yeah, they had to put him in the Like, crowd. they had to put him. They couldn't protect... Like, I literally said to you, I was like, if we can't get Stamkos, I'll take Yanni. Like, but at the I same rather, time... Stamkos is old and injured at this I'd point. I'd rather have Yanni Yon. Gord. Like, <laughs> yeah. 29, like, center. That's pretty good. He's a leader. He's come off of two Stanley Cup wins. I mean, at the same time, imagine being him and being like, ah, yes... Yes, I win Stanley Cup. Oh, wait, I moved to Seattle. Where to we a, don't really know what this team is going to be. That must be such a bummer at the same time. Be like, ah, oh, man, whatever. Donnie's going to be a cornerstone piece yeah, for the next few years. Some some really interesting pickups. Some really, like, guys who have been in the, like, Dred, Dredger, to be honest. I've seen, I watched some of his play last year. Um, he wasn't the starter, per se, um, but he... He actually had a better uh, um, save percentage in the regular season than Price did. Yeah, 9.27 save percentage is pretty good for what is presumably our starting goaltender. Um, yeah. That's pretty solid, even at 23 say, yeah, starts. I would say the one thing that was most noticeable about this draft is it was a lot about creating a cornerstone of – solid defense for the future right defense and we're such a big part of this i i love because the way that the the way this team was drafted was for the future not for the now and and we weren't certain that that was going to be the case our main discussions that we've had about this expansion draft what we're most keen on was okay are they going to focus on veteran talent are they just going to focus on getting younger and building some type of culture right away like, are they going to focus on being flashy and winning now and getting, like, everybody hyped? But I think by doing this, it's going to allow for a future where you can have longer-term success, hopefully. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Jared McCann as a Maple Leafs fan? You know, uh, he's a player that uh, – he's 25. He didn't have a huge role on the Leafs. Um, obviously, he had 14 goals, 18 assists. Uh, he was a center, so he didn't have a lot of time because he was behind some of the more uh, established players. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know, I 
I dig it. I mean, he was a good player for, I mean, for the Leafs and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. He'll be a good guy. It, it, it is interesting to see all the especially the center position because it's something they mentioned on the broadcast this is only one of the good comments made on the broadcast in all fairness but i mean the the center position as we saw when we did our fantasy hockey draft um has always been stacked yeah and so with that you're not gonna have like a level centers as you would goalkeepers in this kind of draft so getting guys that haven't really gotten their opportunity and then given the shot here. But that yeah. that's really the case for a lot of these guys, especially this young core that we're talking about. But it's interesting if you look, if you really hit, look at a lot of the defensemen we pulled, especially out of the Atlantic, these guys are like 22, 23, 24 uh, with long contracts left, like a lo- lot of team uh, accessibility left on their contracts. Mm-hmm. Um and, and the other thing is the thing that people forget about draft about uh, the expansion draft is players brought in cannot be cut for five years. Interesting. That's an interesting. You point. cannot cut them for five years. So they're part is, of your core. They are part of your core, which is one of the things I thought about just now. And I was like, that's really smart. Because you're bringing in young defensemen who you can train up, bring them in, make them part of your core. These are guys who have not been touched by other teams' philosophies, really. Uh, and you can be like, all right, let's create a solid squad. Mm-hmm. And there were guys, too, because this, this is the negotiation window for them, the 21st to the 28th. Yeah. There are guys who obviously came in here as quote-unquote free agents right. who are willing to sign those five-year deals. and. Right. The GM, Ron, the GM Ron Francis, the head coach, were very adamant of like that commitment is really important to us that these guys are willing to come in for five years. And that's the thing. That's the other thing you bring up. The free agency is um by not you spending all that money on guy on a guy like Carey Price, we're still well below the cap. Uh, like a lot of these players had a very low, we're like we're. Salary number. We're picking up very small amounts of salary from these guys, which means going into the free agency market, which we technically get first dibs on players. Which part of the draft is like some of the guys that were free agents, quote unquote, were eligible in this draft on this team, and they're they're on this team. They're also drafted, right? And but now there's also the other aspect of the free agent, like the there were players who were going into free agency, uh, like as unrestricted. And now there'll be players in like actual free agency in right. the, uh, who we can talk to. And by leaving open huge amounts of salary cap space, I, I like it's smart. They built their defense in the draft and now they can go and add in some pieces and on offense. They need forwards. Yeah. That they was the really, one thing they that really need about. some forwards. Um, and I think that, but that's the thing. There'll be lots of forwards to be able to grab, and I'm sure there's a lot of players in the dra- in in the free agency who are like, I would like an, a new start somewhere else. I'd like to go and not sit behind a big name, because there's plenty of forwards on teams like I don't know Pittsburgh or or like even Toronto, Toronto. Washington. There's whatever plenty it is. of players in Toronto that could easily be like, Hey, goodbye. I'd like to go and. Montreal, Toronto, Boston, Pittsburgh, 
there's teams all over the place that that would probably be like, hey, right. yeah, we got third, second linemen who could easily be first linemen. Mm-hmm. For for the Metropolitan Division, I think the easiest and most flashiest name here, other than Brandon Tenev, who we'll get to, is Jordan Eberle. That was a surprise to me, not only that he was unprotected, uh, but the fact yeah, they're yeah. willing to grab him, considering the, the philosophy that we originally talked about, the, the Metropolitan Division doesn't show that as much. But Eberle's not in a tremendously bad contact either, from what I remember. Does that surprise you, though, that... Because as much as it surprised me when I realized who exactly Jordan, because I was like for a second I was like Jordan Everly, he was amazing in the playoff run. And then I looked at it, I looked at, I went back and I looked at his some of his video and I was like, I literally spent this whole season watching him just tear it up and yeah, he like I know he's thirty one, but like you got to get some bets on this team. He's he's a key name for 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 the Islanders same same with uh Colin Blackwell for the Rangers like and Brandon Tenev for the Penguins yeah it's it there are some weird names being like let walk basically right and and we we talked about this at the when we heard the names like there were a lot of guys that were unprotected yeah that we surprised us so jordan eberly's contract seven mil this year 4.75 next year 3.75 the year after that hmm. so that's pretty good yeah in terms of a contract for a guy who's gonna be running in that forward line that first line and that right wing position he especially as we continue to get forwards the left and right wings are gonna be yeah. important he's gonna have a, a, a great chance to build chemistry, especially with guys like Tanev next to him as well. I, I think what I'm noticing is I think our team's going to have really good. I think we're going to have a really good first wing. We're going to have a pretty good third wing. We need to just fit. We need to get guys to fill in that second wing. Right. And not only that, I think, I think, you know, getting these guys who are pretty established top six is really good too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that's so important for an expansion team and they're definitely getting it. Speaking of Brandon Tanev as well. Um, Tanev, they made a joke about his photo during the process. Yeah, he looks very surprised. I was like, why? Like that was maybe the weirdest interview of the night with Fowler. And we'll talk about some of the weirdness in the broadcast, but that was something. Uh, to mention as well. Uh, Venick here for the Capitals is a great young goaltender as well. They, they yeah. went young with the goaltenders, which was great. Um, for the Central, not too much to discuss here. I mean, Jamie Ole- Oleksiak is a pretty good defender. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like Mason Appleton, he did some good stuff. Uh yeah. I mean, you know, there, like, there, there are guys who are much older in this sector of the division, which I mean, that that's indicative of the entire division, right? There are guys, I, this, if I was going to say anything, I'd say this division felt the most trade baity to me. Yeah, I agree. Like, with that. It felt the most like packagey, like get a bunch of guys, package them, send them to a team. Right. Uh, like who, 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 who is at a point in their, in, who is at a point where they need like a, per, uh, player or two to push themselves to the like who needs like a like to to reference the nba who need like a team that needs like a middleton type player right to like get 
going. Um, definitely, I think it's the most trade baity just because it's also the oldest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Out of out of uh, the picks that they made, except for Mason Appleton, I would say Mason Appleton is the one player because I remember I watched some, I saw some of. He did a pretty he he was a key component of Winnipeg this year with the with the slight run that they made. Um, yeah. I think 25, 12 goals, 13 assists. Um, you have a building piece there, especially yeah. at a center position where, again, we he, talked he, about the fact that you get some of these older guys at the center position where didn't get as much run. Appleton's not necessarily that case, but he's definitely going to get more run than he had at Winnipeg. I think he'll be – he he's like the, he's like the second uh, line, line type guy that I – that I talked about like yeah I, I would agree with that at least for at least for where we're at right now um so uh the Pacific division is interesting um yeah. and I'm saying this is the rivals division which again they kind of overhyped on the broadcast yeah uh but Mark Giordano he's making one year about nine million nine point five mil so this is kind of expected but again that one veteran presence and a guy who still is very good yeah defensively at his so, age not even at his age he's still he's still pretty much top tier in the nhl here's here's so. what i see happening with giordano one he yeah, yeah he's 37 but he like i was well i watched him last year and he was still as a defender he was still playing like pretty yeah like he's real still well. top of the league right now two you need a guy like giordano as he he will be your captain. Uh no question. And three, I'm pretty certain they not only drafted him to be your captain, but drafted him with the belief that in two, three years, three years pushing it, when he retires, they'll go. And I'm pretty certain if you talked to him off the record and asked him, he would probably tell you yes. I would not be shocked if part of them drafting him, they they said to him, "Hey, how would you like to be an assistant coach?" I how think Calgary like a- also wants him to be an assistant well, coach too. I think Mark Giordano would probably be like, "You know what, Calgary? I'm gonna stay here because yeah. I think Toronto's gonna be like we. I mean, Seattle's gonna be like we can give you a lot more money. Uh, and frankly, especially if you think about it, going from being a player to an assistant coach." Why would you, you would you would totally want to go coach the players you played for? You already know you got camaraderie. But anyway, um, right. you just look at this guy. He has 17 assists. That right there is the major aspect for me. A defenseman that got 17 assists, mm-hmm. like that's crazy. What I loved about, and we knew this was going to happen. I, I think right. everything's sort of yeah. lined up. The contract's a one-year deal. I think Calgary was actually willing to let him go just to get a little bit younger. They know that he's going up there in age. It's good because of the contract and he's still a top defenseman and he's going to continue to be a top defenseman next year. Yeah. It it just works best. I think for everyone, even for Calgary, letting him go as well. And you know, he'll be a player that when they go to Calgary, they'll all do a standing ovation for him and be like, yay, Giordano. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a legend over there, yeah. but it was, I think it was definitely the the right place and the right time for all parties involved, I think. Yeah. Adam Larson's a good pickup, too. Another sort of older defenseman. 
Adam True again, younger sort of center. He's like one of those yeah. young centers. Call Ken, I can't what, talk what, too much about, yeah. but I, I mean, the main thing with a guy like Call Ken is that same sort of idea, right? And in even when we look at some of these guys, a lot of these guys have. There's a few guys here, especially when we're talking about the Atlantic Division, who um, we got some guys like Kyle Furry who played in the AHL last year. Right. I mean, that's sort of the same. That's sort of the same thing I think with Call Ken a little bit, where it's like. Oh yeah, we got a guy who hasn't really played a lot, but we can work to develop and we can continue a guy's development. And yeah. that's really what Calkin gives them. Well, it's also interesting because if you I was looking through a lot of these guys, um or land, these, I should say. Yeah, me. a lot of these players have connections to um have connections to Seattle or Washington in some way. Mm-hmm. How important is that to you? Uh, I think the main reason for that is the fan base, but but building I mean, that I mean, that pipeline there already because it is a ho- it is more right. of a hockey town than I think people realize. Right, me like myself as a hockey fan, I already know that like hockey is a sport where it's like yeah, it's cool when you have a player who has a connection to the city that you're going to. I don't really care how much they're like if they have a connection but i think in a way when you're if you're thinking from a sports development perspective and a team perspective and a front house perspective and you're able to go hey let's have a i don't know ahl night or a tri-cities night where you have you can be like hey this player this player this player this player and this player all the starting lineup all have connections to the Tri-City Capitals or whatever they're called. Right. I think there's a, there is an aspect there. Also, the fact that Ron Francis does have a connection to the Tri-Cities. Um, so That was pretty clear in the way he was drafting yeah. tonight as well. Um, before we uh, move on uh, to some Olympic stuff, as we're getting to the opening ceremonies in two days, let's talk about this broadcast uh that espn did for this because i didn't really like it at all um, this was a weird broadcast and what what are your overall thoughts on the broadcast because um, i this is the first broad keep in mind this is a monumental broadcast this is the first broadcast espn had of any like hockey content con- right. content in this contract and it was not a great showing from a broadcasting perspective it 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 definitely showed like, for one, you have Chris Fowler, who Chris Fowler, who's a football guy, right? And he's also been a guy, type of guy that you talk about him making fun of all these teams and stuff, but that doesn't surprise me because that's what he does when he calls football. He's you know always what? finding things to poke and prod and make fun of, and you know. Yeah, but also sorry, sorry to cut you off there. But what kind of I don't know if if I I mean like well, obviously we're doing this off the cuff as our own sort of hockey fans at different levels. Obviously you more than I, and we're willing to acknowledge that. You know we don't really cover hockey as much on the right. show as we probably should, but we're willing to acknowledge that and say that you know we love the game and that's why we're talking about it. But the thing that I didn't like, other than the guy he was with, who is is a resident hockey guy, he is a pretty good tried and true analyst, I would say. The one thing that I, I didn't 
like about the broadcast was like, oh, they had a bunch of like it was clear that like Fowler was reading off note cards that they just gave him. Yeah, and I was like, that's not like obviously you have cards and stuff, but you're not going to be looking at a card the whole time. And it's like, you know, you got to have some tried and true hockey guys. And part of that might be like, oh, they're at Gastrots Park. They're like, you know, it's more localized, I guess, obviously, like local interest, I guess, because that was kind of the point was they were trying to be maybe a little bit too local, I guess, in the broadcast, if you think about it. But like the fact that they're using cards and it felt just very like scripted and just like it just kind of felt like an exhausting watch after a while, just for those reasons, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it kind of made me like we talked about this beforehand, but like um, I wish they had the guy that they get for Sports Center during the the season um, to come on and and talk about it. I don't know why they picked Fowler. Um, yeah, maybe I, they, I, yeah, maybe they didn't have anybody else, but you know. I mean, the main reason why, so this is the same thing, like with the Stephen A stuff with the UFC, like big UFC events, the first one, they put Stephen A on and and Fowler is the same way too. Obviously he doesn't necessarily have the gravitational pull of a guy like Stephen A at ESPN. But the main reason is that like, yeah, we're going to have you do this hockey thing because random people, when they scroll through the channels and see ESPN two and randomly click on it, they're like, oh, this is Fowler. I like him. I'm going to watch it. And then they're hoping to kind of get new hockey fans. But that's kind of part of what I don't like about the UFC coverage for ESPN and now the NHL coverage is it feels at times that when they get these new sports and they, and like the main reason why the NHL, more particularly the UFC, were very adamant about going to ESPN was because like ESPN is going to help us build our brand, Right. Right. But the I but the problem that I have from broadcasting perspective is it's like, yeah, for sure it does. The branding does, but it's not necessarily the personalities that do. It's the fact that you're on ESPN, right? You're gonna be on ABC for the Stanley Cup finals. Like that's really what's gonna get people into it, right? But you can't force guys that don't know the game or the, you know, the sport to, to do that, because it's not about the faces of ESPN doing these broadcasts it's about having the people that know hockey talk about hockey. And then people are going to get interested in it. Cause like, Oh, here's the Stanley cup finals on NBC or here's this game on ESPN in like the middle of the day. Right. Right. And I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure like when it comes to the actual like season and like, NHL on ESPN when you end up with like I don't know probably I forgot who's gonna be there but we'll probably see. three games a week I don't think they're gonna take a guy who does college football and be like hey now you gotta go talk about hockey I doubt it um especially when they already have guys on their lineup that know what they're talking about with hockey um mm-hmm. it just it felt very thrown together um Mm -hmm. like the stage was cool and the setting was cool i liked the backdrop i liked all that stuff i liked how they had a couple of the players there um i just yeah fowler was a weird choice Mm -hmm. and and i I didn't one of the things and i don't know if you feel this way as like a seattleite 
and I'm I'm certain this is the case in other cities as well, but living in Seattle, one of the things that annoys me about sports broadcasts in Seattle is they're always like showing these like iconic things all the time. Like obviously we love them, like we love Pipe Place Market, we love the Space Needle, we love the Seattle Aquarium, but there's like it's not like the entire picture of the city, right? And even like Gasworks Park is more like known locally than nationally, right? But it, like, it's like basically they, they like showcase these national things that make people think Seattle. The only thing they didn't show was the rain, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, for me, I, I don't know. I just don't really love that. I, I don't, I, I get why they're doing it. But like that for me, as someone who lives here locally, I just don't really like because it doesn't really show like I think Gasworks Park was cool in that like, yeah, like that's actually a tried and true place that people who live here in Seattle in the area know about. But like those big places like the Space Needle, like they're awesome and we love that. But like to just constantly showcase that stuff on yeah. these broadcasts is just a little bit much for me. So and I'm sure so- that's not the case just for Seattle, but I think that's the case for other cities like Philly with the bell and all that yeah. stuff. I do have to say as a hockey fan, this is really fun to see that it's already started. Um, looking at the Kraken fan, uh, Seattle Kraken fan page, there's a post that's from two hours ago that said, what do you think? What do we think so far? Kraken fans help a brother out. I'm still new to hockey. So most of these names don't mean much to me. And then the first comment is you take Gio is a, who is 105 years old, but not price makes sense. No Tarasenko question mark, question mark. Okay. Gordon Van are ballers. That it. That's it. The next comment, the reply to that is price is too expensive. Geo will help set the standards and lead by example. Right. He'll be the glue. But like for me, it's the fact that we have our very first like bad hockey take, which is just quintessential hockey fan. Like player people immediately, or well, quintessential fan of sports in general, being like. Oh, you don't do this. I know everything about sports. It's like, oh my goodness. Um, right. But it's it's fun to see stuff like that already. Yeah. Um, but and, yeah, going yeah. back to what go back to what you said about like that's just kind of ESPN's go to thing is to like show like all the different spots around the city. It's like, oh look, I was kind of shocked that they didn't just use their like stock footage they have from like nighttime Seattle for like a, a Seahawks game or like. And honestly, I was shocked that I, the thing about Fowler that I was most shocked about is that uh, I was shocked that ESPN even let him in, let him come to this city to do something in Seattle, considering he's known for the notorious cupcake debacle. What is of, this cupcake debacle thing? I, I've heard about it in passing. I don't remember he it. He was he was on the I believe he was on the it was either him or Herb Street. But they were on a call. Uh, it was back when in 2016 when when Huskies were make were on their run to the playoffs, and they called a I think it was like a production meeting. No, it was ESPN. It it was a Pac-12 After Dark on ESPN, and he, like during the game, he basically said that like the Huskies. That season had a, had a, a cupcake schedule. A lot of people said that, not just him. But <laughs> here's the difference. 
other people are not professional analysts. I mean, other, other people... analysts at ESPN say that. I don't think it no. was just him. No, they're not out here saying like it's cupcakes and therefore. But here's the problem: by saying it was a cupcake, he he not only did he say it was a cupcake schedule and therefore they should not like their wins shouldn't really mean anything. The thing is, that's not okay for an analyst to be saying like that and then basically being saying, but it's okay for, I don't know, uh, I don't know, Alabama, (laughs) who has cupcakes for days. They should be fat as hell because they have so many cupcakes. Um, They have a lot of... I don't like like Curb Street or Fowler because I think they, they have a thing for the ACC and the SEC and everybody else to them can just, I I, I mean, I'm, and, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this more, but isn't like Texas and Oklahoma wanting to go into the SEC. Yep. And there's no way in hell they're going to get in because yeah. Texas and why would Texas and Oklahoma want to go into the SEC? They're just going to get beat up and thrown in a pile. Like that's I mean, the thing. It's Texas like the A and M thing. It's the A and M. Yeah. Thing too. Like Texas and Oklahoma are nowhere close enough to good enough to, compete yeah i I mean i i mean i think and we're we're gonna get into this more on friday but like the thing the thing for me it's like this is not and and i've bought into this too because this is not like just an espn thing like all the networks this is like pac-12 not promoting themselves as well i guess but it's also like the the reality of it is that's just kind of what college football is like overall, it's like tried and true, like SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, like Pac twelve just always kind of been on the back burner. And that's why like Pac Twelve yeah. after dark is what it is. Like that's the just pro- kind of part of it, unfortunately. Also the, the problem that the Pac twelve has is they're well, for one, we're stuck over here on Pacific time, which <laughs> means all our good all our good games happen after dark. So anybody who actually wants to stay up and watch the, the Pac-12 has to be up till midnight, one in the morning, two in the morning sometimes. Uh, and coaches don't like that, you know? Like, yeah, it's, like it's, the Stanford coach was like, this thing is kind of ridiculous. It's pretty that we play at noon yeah. and then we play at seven. It's pretty bold that like all of our games get scheduled for like four, five, six, seven or noon. Like, uh, whereas like, whereas like all the other teams get to play their games at like, one or two uh like it's nine noon or one or two yeah yeah so i don't know apparently like i read an article today that said if texas and oklahoma do manage to make it into the in that into the sec like apparently the pac-12 might try and get like texas tech which what? Makes, which makes very little sense to me because geographically it's like, it doesn't. Yeah, make sense. it's like we're the Pac-12. Why would you want to get someone from the Texas? Like, okay, sure. By the way, Texas Tech is probably going to win the Pac-12 title. Yeah, that's the other thing. Why, why? I don't. I don't think. The, I don't think anybody from the Pac-12 is going to be like, yeah, let's bring a team that's just going to demolish every year. Yeah. I, don't, I think the ultimate thing with this is just like it. it's just it, it is like this whole East Coast bias thing. That's just sort of like a huge part of kind of every sport in general. Um, but 
it, it's it, the networks are a part of it. Let's just put it that way. And I don't, and I don't think it's just ESPN. I think it's everyone else as well. It's just kind of how it is, unfortunately. Uh, let's get to the Olympics a little bit. Um, I did want to talk about the debacle that happened this morning. Um, we are recording this at 9 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. Uh, so, so Sweden played the U.S. this morning, the U.S. woman. And I talked to you, Brandon, yesterday about Sweden is the team that I just don't like watching the U.S. women play. And we had that. We lost in the quarterfinal in Rio um, in, in a penalty shootout that was really tough against Sweden. Sweden's been always has always been like one of our main rivals other than Japan, Canada. I would say Germany as well. But today to lose this morning, three nothing to Sweden after being unbeaten for 44 straight games, literally 40 of those were wins, four were draws, for the U.S. women's national team to play as lethargic as they played. And, and, and Caitlin Murray of ESPN.com wrote a great piece about uh, the U.S. women's national team look lost, confused, look lost and confused as Sweden end their unbeaten run. That was a perfect way to sort of sum it up. Rose Lavelle, the ball on her feet most of the time in left flank. There was no, there was nothing, there was no buildup in the midfield. It was just horrible. I think that is the worst game I've ever seen the U.S. women's national team play. Ever. I don't think I've ever seen them play worse than that. It was terrible. It was literally a pain to watch for the 80 minutes that I watched it. So it's going to be rough. I don't think they have a super tough group coming up, if I'm not mistaken, but to lose to Sweden is not a good start. (laughs) So uh, let's just say I'm not in great spirits after that. Uh, The U.S. U.S. women's softball team, though, picked up a win today against Canada, won both of their games over the the last two days, and, of course, the early action. Um, So, Brandon, what have your thoughts been on the Olympics so far before we get to the opening ceremony on Friday? I mean, is it going to happen on Friday? I think that's a fair question. Like, I, I think it's a fair question. Because, like, I think Friday's their last chance to call it off. Once once the opening ceremonies happen. They're going to have to go the whole it, way. It's on. And, frankly, I think if they call it off, that's bullshit. Because, like. Two sports already started. Like, two sports have started. We live in a world with COVID. Wow. Who would have thought? But guess what? People are getting vaccinated. People are going to get sick. Like, I I don't know. I'm at a point where I'm like, fucking deal with it. Like, I'm sorry. But, like, you know me. I was so pro dealing with it early on. Yeah, we dealt with it. We did what we had to do. We're getting vaccinated. And, frankly, I'm done with the people who refuse to get vaccinated creating a world where we got new variants and stuff like that like but still i mean but that's because people aren't getting vaccinated right but there's also very 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 little proof that the that like what the vaccines we have the like the vaccinated people will get delta the delta variant but the vaccines i don't know my thing is this like i don't know it 
Here, here's I'm here's just my frustrated. Thing I'm just frustrated because it's like, we, like we're we're at a point where it's just ah. So so there so let let's put this back because when we're talking about the Olympics and COVID and everything, of course, being delayed a year, having vaccines available, all that stuff. When we're talking about the Olympics and whether and and I'm of the proponent still where I don't feel like they should play and. The reason why is because it's not it's not on the players. It's not like if this gets canceled, it's not even on Tokyo. It's on the IOC, really. No, it's not. It's not on the IOC. It's on Tokyo because they couldn't get their stupid country to, like, get vaccinated in time. Like, Well, yes, but also, like, there's availability issues, things like that. But I put it on the IOC partially because – you have I mean, to look at you have to are, you have to look at their track record, right? What are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do, Robert? Just keep keep like canceling it, keep pushing it back. Well, like, no, I think do you, do I you feel want... like I feel like they're going to cancel it and they're going to be done, and just say, okay, let's focus on. Do you want it? Well, but here's the thing: I don't think it's fair to just cancel it because think about all these people that are already there that are yeah. already there that have already worked hard to get there. That who knows if they'll get there again. Think about Simone Biles, who this is her last this, Olympics. This, She's we don't know Olympics. that. We don't know that. She's she hasn't probably done. she hasn't said whether or not, but this is probably her last chance. Yes, she's won a lot. Yes, she's been amazing. But like she should get to go out on the stage, whether she sucks or she does amazing. She's gonna win gold. We know that. Right. Like she's which gonna is win. why she should I don't she doesn't I don't think she cares or gives much of a crap if there's a single person in that stadium. She's going to go out there. She's going to kick ass. She's going to win. Uh, and, like, that's the thing. I, these players, these people should be – these athletes are people at the end of the day. They've worked hard. They've already had it pushed back one year, which for an athlete is mentally just insane. Like – to know that you have, I mean, it's a positive for a lot of these athletes just because you got that extra year. Right. And, it's and like, I think that that's actually more of a positive than a negative for some athletes, not everyone. Here's the thing. I think for this to go ahead, will I think if it doesn't go ahead, it's going to set a bad precedent because if it goes ahead, it's going to, it's going to show the world, look, this is what we are. Do- this is what it is now. If you like, we're gonna though, like, we're gonna so keep, saying going, if we keep going. If we're just keep, gonna do this, you just keep going because we're gonna keep having events. We're gonna keep doing things because at this point, at this point, Robert, like, people will get vaccinated, and and, pe- and people, some people are already will- vaccinated. Right, at these that's games. that's that's my thing. People are already vaccinated. Some people won't get vaccinated in the world. And that's the thing. We just got to live with it. You go on. Some people get COVID. Some people won't. But the fact is, if you're vaccinated and you go to the Olympics and you get sick, I mean, you get COVID. You're also the, more. You're also less of, likely to not like. Yeah. Your odds of your out. odds of that, but also, you're not really a spreader. You're like your chance of spreading it to someone. Are pretty low too. I, it's I, like I believe very that's low. True. I believe that, that, that is what scientists have said. It's very low. So I think, I think if this was in any other country, if any other country was hosting this right now, 
other than, I don't know, China or Brazil or something like that. South America. Anywhere other than South Japan, America or like Japan or China. China. If it was Europe, if it was even it the be, US. It would be fine. No, like, and no one would care. And that's an interesting question. Two years from now, Winter Olympics are supposed to be in Beijing. Next year, not two years. Oh, Next that's right. Year. Next year, because we skipped a year for the Olympics. Well, uh, February 2022. Oh, I, I don't know if people are even going to go to that. Because, like, I, that's a whole different thing. Because I think people are just – I think that's going to be a straight-up boycott. At least for – I know for hockey, there's a bit of a discussion there. I know for I the U.S., yeah. there's a bit of a discussion. I've heard that the U.S. is just straight up maybe going to boycott, like – Yeah. That's a oh, governmental thing yeah. right now. But I don't know. I personally am of the opinion that it's like – I think you – I think they should let it go ahead, run the course. I mean – my so I don't so, know for I, me I, right I, now. And the last thing I'll say, Robert, and then you mm-hmm. can go ahead. Is mm-hmm. I know I'm probably like anybody who watches this is probably gonna be like, his opinion sucks, but it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> we've dealt with we're like, look, here's the thing, we've gone through all this shit already. Like we're we're we've dealt with this shit. Now we get to have something good for once. The reason why I put this on the IOC is because if anyone's going to do this wrong, it's going to be the IOC. Yeah, probably. And I'm not. And 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 like that's the 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 fundament. This is OK. So we had we had. So so think of just this summer alone and we've had international events. Right. We've had I mean, tennis. Tennis is a different story because they've been going on for a while. Let's look at the European Championships and Copa America. Copa America was definitely rocky. And, I mean, they did it in Brazil, which wasn't a great idea. It wasn't perfect. But Euro went pretty well. Euro went, other than Spain, Euro went well. The European Championships went well pretty much without a hitch other than Spain. Uh, I I think that's probably a good thing, ultimately. Um, But... When you're talking about the Olympics, this is a whole different ball game than than the, the European Championships, than Copa America. It's a different ball game because we're not just we're, we watch soccer today. We've been watching soccer over the last few days, but we're but the Olympics is a bunch of these sports. It's swimming, it's basketball, it's archery, it's bad, it's, it's badminton. It's like a bunch of sports. It's like hundreds of sports, hundreds of athletes different countries with different like these are people from different countries with the different regulations right there's all this stuff going in keep in mind going into a place that is already in a massive state of emergency because of covid that very easily could have been not but you know right but that's the fact of the situation. And when you're looking at when you're looking at all of that combined, and, and don't get me wrong, the regulations I've looked through them for the IOC, for the athletes, for the broadcasters, in terms of keeping people safe, they're good. They're pretty standard. They're pretty much what they're they're basically like NBA bubble kind of stuff. They're right. they're pretty basic, they're pretty standard. 
and uh, and I, I think the biggest story is will athletes actually follow those rules? Hopefully, I, I imagine a good portion will, but there will there will be some that won't, and we'll get kicked yeah. off. We I know mean, I gotta, that's gonna be the case. I gotta say, my favorite rule is the uh, the anti sex beds, <laughs> which uh, they're not giving out condoms this year. No, they are giving out condoms. Wait, are they or no? Yeah, they're giving out condoms, but they're say, they're claiming they're giving them out not for them to use at the Olympics, but to take home with them and use as 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 like examples of of like safe sex. Interesting, because you know they which, actually do give out condoms. Oh, I know. Yeah, which I mean, because it's basically really the war. It's I mean, think about it. It makes a lot of sense considering it's like a the world's best athletes and like what else are they gonna do i mean i don't know also i think though isn't the women's the u.s women's national team for basketball staying in a hotel gymnastics oh it's the gymnastics team they basically were like screw this which i respect honestly because the u.s the u.s Bas- the, the basketball team for both the men's and women's in Rio because of the Zika virus concern stayed on a boat. So it's not necessarily uncommon. Um, but I don't know. And plus, like, the Olympic Village thing is just going to be a mess. I don't know. I if, if this does go awry, which with all those facts in hand and the IOC track record, I hate to be pessimistic, but I feel like the track record shows that this is not going to end well. And I might be wrong. Like, I thought Copa wasn't going to end well. It actually ended pretty well. I might be wrong, but I, I, I don't know. What, what scares me the most is not these first few days, right? Not this weekend. That's not what scares me the most. What scares me the most is, like, two weeks from now. Like two yeah. weeks from now, like I'm not worried about this weekend. I'm not worried about next week. I'm worried about the week after what, like we get to Friday of like the first week of August or something. We get to that week. I Are we in a spot where we're comfortable with the Olympics and, and keep in mind too. And, and we can talk about this as well with the just economics as a whole of the Olympics Brisbane got the 2032 Olympic Games with no other bids. It wasn't. I thought the U.S. was in the. No, it was just Brisbane. That's weird. And I, I mean, it obviously, this is bigger. It do, but. Yeah. I mean, it, it does kind of it does kind of screw up. Uh, it, it it puts a huge hit. Uh to this to the to whatever country takes it takes them i think there are only a few countries in the world like even beijing in 08 was a mess even the world cup in rio was a mess. But like there are only a few countries in the world that could feasibly do the olympics the right yeah. way right i think london 2012 is a good example i think you know, our, the Olympics are going to have in LA in 2020, I believe eight, is it? All those facilities are already built or going to be built and are used for different things other than just the Olympics. Vancouver, obviously, a lot of that stuff is still being used. I, I think that the countries themselves, and, and I think the next 20 years of the Olympic Games are either going to change 
or they might not even happen anymore. Like I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm scared I, for what's going to happen after Brisbane, because if only a few countries are going to bid, I think countries are realizing that economically and safety wise, not, not just because of COVID, but I think the next 10 years when we get to Brisbane, there's going to be a different vibe about where the Olympics are at and where they're headed. But I mean, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I would, I would not be, I would not be surprised if the, well, this is what I've been thinking about with the Olympics. Why doesn't the IOC create their own Olympic compound? Like their own like area. Just buy an area, build a pimping like place for the athletes to live when they're there. Just like make a state of the art swimming pool, track, all this stuff. You can have a little town. You can have it, I don't know. Make it close to Las Vegas. I don't know. Make it close to Paris. Make it somewhere. I don't know. But make it so it doesn't have to be the responsibility of the city to make all these venues. Make all, the, all these venues and then do nothing with them. I, I think like, where, where we're headed with the Olympics, on in all honesty, in the next 10 years, like once Brisbane is done, where we're headed probably after Brisbane is like one city is just going to take care of it every where's going to be one city that yeah, does probably. winter, one city that does summer, and that's it. I could see, well, I mean, I could see like what I've always wondered about is why Mexico, Canada, America didn't put in a slot uh, as a group. I mean, they did that for the World Cup. Right, exactly. Like they're so. getting it for the World Cup. Why don't they do it for? the Olympics, because you can spread it out around. You can go, uh, you could have like, I mean, I guess one of the problems with that would be, it would be all over the place and you'd have to have like, yeah, I don't know. You would have, you would have certain sports in different areas. Right. And that's the thing. Like we, we know this to be true, even with Sochi in 2014, even these Olympics this year, like it's not just in Tokyo. Right. right. It's kind of like around Japan, basically. Yeah. In, you know, certain areas like that's always been part of it. I, I, I don't know if they've ever done dual bids before or like United bids, I guess. I don't know if they've ever done that, but it, it's definitely something to keep in mind for the future, for sure. Yeah, I, I just think ultimately what what the bid for Brisbane shows for me, at least why it was only them simply what it shows is that the interest isn't there for it anymore from the countries it's not there anymore and they're gonna have to rectify that somehow and i don't know if there's a way to because like the events are still popular and like the olympics as a like as a thing i think will stay around it just depends how. Right. And, 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 and so much of that, so much of this, and, and FIFA is a culprit of this as well. So much of this for me is like, why is it that the cities have to foot so much of the bill when the IOC is making billions of dollars over the next month? 
Like that's the that's the thing for me. It's like it used to be the thing where the the cities were honored to get the Olympics, and and Brisbane to their credit is like, oh yeah, this is actually going to do a lot of good for our economy because we already are planning on building these facilities that we know we're going to use, right? We already are. We already have these facilities that we're already using. Like to their credit, like there there are countries like the U.S., like Canada, like the U.K like Australia, to their credit, who are going to use the Olympics as a way to boost in their local economy and the country's economy. But like most countries, when they got the Olympics, like they didn't really do that. Well, that was the yeah. case. And they said, oh, it would do this. It actually worsened a lot more economies. And I think that ultimately is what's discouraging people along or discouraging countries and local governments. And also national security concerns and all this stuff so all that together tells me that in the next 20 years yeah or in the next what 12 to 13 maybe 14 years after brisbane this entire thing is going to change and it's on the ioc i think to either foot the bill for it which they have the capacity to do right and they should have done years ago it's either going to be them footing the bill in some capacity, like you said, building their own like little village somehow with the city's partnership or them paying countries funds to do it. And, and, and I think if that were the case, the protests that are always surrounding the Olympic games and people not wanting it in their cities, that would not happen if the IOC was more willing to, to put like to foot the bill more, especially when they have the money to do so. Yeah. So any final thoughts on that? I know I kind of gave a, a pretty long overview of, of my thoughts on that. No, that's, I think that's about it. So, um, and then finally, we did want to talk about Logan Paul and Anderson Silva. They're apparently going to do a boxing match. I think in a couple of months here, nothing's official yet. I, I'm I'm pretty much done with the celebrity boxing kink. Um, yeah, you know, like Al, like Alvarez and Caleb Plant are gonna fight here in the next couple months. We know we're gonna get Fury Wilder. I think that's in October now, something like that. Like that's the fights that I care about. And my my whole thing with Logan, and we've talked about this, is he's not really a boxer. Like he'd be much more fit to be a wrestler. And I'm not saying that these celebrity boxers are not good boxers. Like Logan and Jake are, are good boxers. Like they clearly care about it, but it's just not a good product. And it hurts the sport ultimately. Cause what happened was promoters were just like promoters basically ruined the sport by like being like, Oh, we're going to like, we're going to like have a bunch of these belts, a bunch of these weight classes, weight divisions, and we're not going to give the we're not going to give the people what they want, right? We're not like they didn't give Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao. They did it like ten years later than they should have, right? That's a perfect example. Like because of that and bad refereeing, bad judging, the celebrity boxers were like, "Yeah, you know what? We'll put on a show." And it hurts the sport ultimately because people who watch those fights, like the Logan Paul fights are going to think that that's boxing and it really isn't. And the guys that are actually really good at boxing 
or like not saying again, not saying they're not good. They are, but the guys that do it professionally, right? Like a Canelo Alvarez, like a Caleb Plant, like a Fury, like a Wilder, like that's the class of the sport. That's what makes the sport great. That's what makes it the sweet science and not the grabbing science, if you will. Yeah. And that that's sort of where I'm at with it. And it, I mean, it that's, makes me really frustrated. That's the thing. Like, I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm not a huge boxing fan. But, like, when I see good boxing, I appreciate it. When I watch celebrity boxing like Logan Paul, it's not boxing. He doesn't box. He just grabs. He just grabs. Like, he uses his length to grab... Which is like okay, that's fine, but like, I I I don't watch boxing to to see people clinch. Mm-hmm. I watch boxing to see people punch each other. Yeah, <laughs> like like you know. So I don't know. I I have no interest in Logan Paul versus whoever. Yeah, I I think I've lost interest in it. Like Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather was fun. But it wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a and like, like boxing match. Like and just, like, honestly, I think KSI, you look at the fact that he hasn't, he hasn't fought since uh, Logan Paul 2. Yeah, he hasn't fought since Logan Paul 2. There's probably a reason. Like he didn't yeah, even he, want to do boxing in the first place. He yeah, just did he did it because Weller wanted him to. Yeah, he stays in shape and he's good at it. But like, the only reason he fought Logan Paul is because he had beef with him, and he knew he could beat him. Yeah, and he's done it. He's proved it. He's ended it. Like it's obvious that beef is over if you watch his podcast. Right. Uh, you fight it out and then you're done. That's kind of what he said about Joe Weller, too. Right. Like, I'm like, they were like, it's interesting because, like, Logan Paul and, and, and KSI, they respect each other and it shows that they respect each other. But, like, between KSI and Logan Paul, I always felt like KSI was the one who would have actually ended up becoming like a boxer, making big money off of it. Because he's he, a more he, natural boxer. He's the, he's the one who actually trains to box rather than clinch. Yeah. But, you know. I, I don't know. And, and I also have a hard time with the fact that, like, leading up to that Mayweather fight, like, all these networks, like Fox, ESPN, and even we, to some extent, did give it a little coverage, not a lot. But, like, the fact that 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 was the biggest event in boxing. I don't know. I, I'm not, again, I, I think there's there's a reason why we're more UFC guys than boxing guys. There's a reason why the UFC is just a better product, or MMA in general. Let's not just use the UFC as an organization. MMA in general is just a better product because you get the fights that you want when you want them. And, yeah, there's more promotions in MMA, but Bellator is great. One is great. Like, they're great promotions. And, like, yeah, Top Rank and PBC are fun. But, like, if I want to see an actual title fight, like, are we going to get it? Like, are we going to get the title fight that we want? Like, probably not. So, 
it's like, is there a reason why you're more of a UFC guy than a boxing guy? Is it kind of all those reasons I laid out or is it something kind of different for you? Well, I'm more of a UFC guy because it's multiple different types of fighting. Yeah, multiple facets. It's not yeah, it's not just boxing. It's it's like all the different it's ultimate fighting. It's also the fact that it's closest to it's the it's very it's sort of it has aspects of like professional wrestling in the way it's presented. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know. I just I never got into boxing, but for some reason I watched UFC once and I was like the violence is intriguing. Mm-hmm. Just like the the way they fight, the way it's like the co- the combination of the way they fight, the way they like talk crap to each other like I miss the old days of the UFC. Like I miss the 2010s to 2015, 2016, 2017 where you literally had press conferences where guys were like standing up and yelling at each other and being like to the point where they were like if there was not a table and Dana White between them they would jump each other yeah like like Connor and Diaz back in the day and all that stuff yeah like throwing water bottles and yeah um, and then, this also gets me back you bring up a good point too before we finish about like we're talking about broadcasting a lot on this like mini episode and we're talking about um, like ESPN and like how they've marketed events and stuff. I really, and, and I've been a proponent about this. The, the two things that I think hurt boxing a lot and in two boxing's credit, you know, they, they have fights on local TV. Now they have fights on Fox, right? PBC's on Fox ESPN does top rank. They have a lot more fights, like not the prelims, like, UFC has prelims on ESPN, right. but like the actual full fights other than the big, big events, not on pay-per-view. I think the two things that have hurt boxing in the UFC the most and 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 I, I honestly, yeah, I would say both of them. I, I think the streaming services have hurt. I think the paper, like the zone, ESPN plus, um, what is, there's a bunch more UFC fight pass. Like, I, I don't love that. I never liked the pay-per-view model. I think the pay-per-view model is dumb. I, I've always said, like, imagine putting, like, Connor Poirier on ABC. Oh, right? if, you did, if you put Connor Poirier on ABC, that shit would get so many views. Right, and so much more than you would on a So many views. And you could be, like, if they if they were able to make a deal... Like, think, like, I have had the same thought before. I'm like, in this day and age, if you made a deal with ABC. You do that, put like, fights on ABC already. You do, but they're just like, random fight nights. Like, put you, the pay-per-views right. that aren't pay-per-views. Don't make them pay-per-view. Make you, them on ABC. Do, like, a spe- like, and maybe not every single pay-per-view, but, like, to keep them special, you, like, do maybe, I don't know, five a year. where But they're, like, these are badass cards. You call them like, I don't know. Ultimate cards. You call them like hella super stacked fights of doom. I don't know. Something crazy UFC would call it. But like, and you you go to the bills. You make these like 
maybe you call them rivalry cards. You you go and you get like the best rivals to fight each other in the history. You do, I don't know, Diaz McGregor three. Or what is it? Four. Uh, yeah. You do think about crazy. if you if you got those two motherfuckers to go out and fight each other again. And have it be on lo- I'm not I'm not talking about ESPN, I'm right. talking about ABC. Have it, have on, it ABC. on local TV. Oh my god. Everyone would be like, anybody who has any idea about that feud would be like, this is free? Like Yeah, basically free. And then you know what UFC does? They go to ABC and they go, look. We will give you so many views for this time slot. Here's what we want. We want a bajillion dollars. We want advertisement. We want this, this, that, and the other. And ABC would probably go, sure. I mean, they already have the deal with the ESPN. So they do cards on ABC. I just have a hard time understanding. Like, this is why the NFL is what the, like, this is what the NFL does. This is what the NBA does. There's a, like the NHL now, even they're going to, the fine, the Stanley Cup finals are going to be on ABC. Yeah. Like, the, like the 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 NBA finals just watched on ABC. We'll we'll obviously get more to the actual NBA finals on our full show on Friday, but like like the NFL is king with this because yeah they're doing Amazon Prime and they are going into the streaming thing for good reason. But Sunday it's Fox, CBS, NBC. Monday nights now are going to be on ABC. Thursday nights are on Fox. They're going to be on Amazon. But even that, I think, is a good proponent for them. They know what they're doing there. Like, this is what the NFL does. They, they care about the product, seeing as many eyeballs as possible. Like, imagine yeah. if the NFL was on a pay-per-view model. Well, that's why I think... I mean, that's kind of why I think UFC might die off soon in terms of popularity. I think it already has because well, yeah. of the ESPN Plus deal. Um, well, that and the fact that, like, I don't know why they're still... I really don't know why anybody still uses a pay-per-view model. I mean, hell, the company that invented pay-per-view, WWE, they but, literally, yeah, they basically they invented, literally pay-per-view. invented pay-per-view. Their very first... They, WrestleMania was the first instance of what became pay-per-view. It basically... They popularized pay-per-view. Right. The company that popularized popularized it doesn't even use it anymore. They, <laughs> they, they use it use, on they use Peacock, they but use it's like Peacock, <laughs> which is shite, as Conor McGregor would say. Peacock isn't that great, but like, yeah, they still do. Yes, they they still offer pay per view free for the stuff. You can buy it for fifty four ninety nine, but like, why would you do that when you could get it on Peacock? And the fact is. WWE is so ahead of the... Like, here's the thing. WWE, yes, they're a million dollars. You know what? It's also worth a million dollars. UFC. I'm sure if you asked UFC if they could afford to not have pay, pay have people paying for pay-per-views, you know what they would probably say? Yeah, we'd get by. We would still make millions off of advertisements because we're the freaking UFC. I think the biggest thing, too, and this is something that, that I've always appreciated with the wwe obviously wwe network is still international and obviously they're on peacock now which i think is a pretty good deal ultimately for both sides but like even espn plus like i would pay extra for espn plus like they're even doing price hikes for espn plus now i'm like you're not gonna give me the pay-per-views why am i doing all these price hikes for it but it's like imagine you're paying oh my god an extra five bucks but you get all the pay-per-views i think everyone would be in on that yeah i'd pay i would pay money I'd pay 
that much money just like just just to get all if you get somebody 12 pay-per-views gave, a year and, and let's say it's like $25 you get I 12 mean, pay-per-views here's the thing i would rather pay for a solid service a service that i know i'm going to get a good a good image on my stream rather than using a illegal or a restream but even and that's part of the problem with this streaming service thing they're not necessarily entirely refined like even with wwe with the stuff on peacock the first few events on espn plus well, like the quality cra- is terrible yeah. what's crazy is when they stopped wwe network it was great they had gotten it to a point where they would refined it to it was great and and yeah. It was You're, really good. I, have, I had WWE Network for a few months. Have it was a point, great. Because at the beginning, I had I got it at the very beginning and I had it all the way to the end. Man, it was a mess at the beginning. It, yeah. They were trying to figure out the the visuals. They were trying to figure out how what the quality to have it at, how to get all these people onto a server. But like, my thing is, if WWE can do it, UFC can surely do it. And boxing can also surely do it. Oh, yeah. But, like, the thing is, boxing is a... I, it's not the level, Boxing isn't even... It's not even, a like, a really... Uh, a thing that people care... Boxing is... It's really funny. People used to think that UFC is the sport of degenerates. Boxing is the, sports of de- is the sport of degenerates, honestly. Like At this era, yeah. At this it's, point. Like, it used to be Because there are only, the, like, three... There's only... I'm, I'm being, being real with you. Right. When I'm talking about boxing, I watch two to three pay-per-views a year of boxing. I don't watch... I, bo- like, like, that's about have, it. Yeah, the thing with boxing is you'd have to give me a... You would have to put, like, a good card in front of me. Like, the last boxing... but True boxing fa- fight I watched was... Uh, well, I mean, I watched Logan Paul Mayweather. That's not really a fight. Um, watched I watched Mayweather McGregor. That was yeah. the last boxing fight I watched. And 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 here and here's the reality too with boxing and UFC. When we're talking about cards as right. well. Like the UFC events, they're like events because they have their cards right. are good most often than not. They're not as great. In Sometimes quality they're bad, they but. They're not in great quality as they used to at the beginning of the ESPN Plus I mean, we era, did the get, beginning of the we, Fox era. We did get spoiled during COVID because they like they stacked those cards mm-hmm. during like the beginning of COVID. Um, but like you think about ESPN on Fox or the UFC on Fox, every, US, every one of those cards were pretty much like just stacked after stacked after stacked. At least at the beginning, like at the beginning. Now, like, the thing is, they're giving pretty good, like, the actual main card, most of the time is good, I find, with with uh, the ESPN, ESPN era. Um, but, I don't know, the thing for me with UFC is, I'll watch a card for UFC because I know something entertaining is going to go down. Right. Boxing is just like... I don't know. Maybe someone will like hit, punt, knock someone out real crazy, like, and I'll be like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. But that's like once, maybe. Right, and and and. But my point here is that like boxing, this is also a huge problem with the pay per view model for boxing. Is that like boxing? You're only getting the card for Mayweather McGregor, right? But you're not get like every even the main cards are 
not worth your time and you're paying 60 bucks. Like right. that's, I've always disliked that about boxing because I remember watching the prelims for Mayweather McGregor and going like, eh. and it was on Fox. Like they put that on Fox because of the UFC deal at the time. Well, I sometimes and I was wonder, like, Ugh. you know what I sometimes wonder? What? I sometimes wonder what would happen to boxing if someone was to come in and say, I'm going to bring, I'm going to do what UFC did and bring all the boxing organizations, the professional, like the big name boxing orgs together, Mm -hmm. put them under one umbrella. We're going to advertise it. We're going to keep it in people's brains. We're going to have people think about boxing again. Mm -hmm. Because boxing is not advertised. It's it's not really advertised well. It's not advertised well. It's advertised, but it ain't advertised well, even for the big events. Boxing just shows up. Like, to me, I'll be watching it on, like, late night, and it'll be like, oh, it's, like, boxing from Las Vegas, and it's some random Mexican org that's, like, having their belts, like, be defended. I'm like, this is impressive. It's, like, some dude who's been undefeated for, like, three years. That might be something you want to advertise. Right, like, but it's, like, even even guys, like, like some like one of my favorite guys is, like, Shakur Stevenson. Shakur Stevenson is amazing. And, like, Caleb Plant's a guy I always say, go watch. Canelo, of course, Floyd, of course, but like what you're saying is here's how I would do it. If I, I would say, Hey, Bob Arum, Hey, golden boy. Hey guys, we're, we're done. Like this, why are we having dinners with the refs the night before? Nah, we're done out. Let's, let's stop with this. And I would say, okay, let's get everyone into one umbrella. Let's stop with the constant belts, the division, like way too many divisions. Why do we need a light, a junior lightweight, a lightweight, a super lightweight? Oh, no. Just give me like a lightweight division, maybe a like kind of same, similar to the UFC. Give me one belt, no magazine belt, no this, not nah. one belt. And if I would do exactly what Dana White did with the UFC, I'm going to have the best guys fight. I don't care what their team says. I'll pay you as much as you want. I'll get ESPN involved. I get ESPN involved so I can make as much money as possible. I even get Fox involved. Sure, I'll split. I'll split it. Whatever, because they they did yeah. that with they did that with um, oh my god, with uh, uh, with that with uh, whatever with the Fury fight, right? With Fury Wilder, right, Fox yeah. and ESPN split the coverage, and it was great because they split the coverage. Anyway, they well, need to do of, that more. They need to of, do yeah. that more. They need yeah. to do that more. That's but, kind of what I'm. That's kind of what I'm going for with like the whole what you're the whole like advertising more because like as a communications person i'm just sitting here i'm like like this is such an easy fix like all you do is you advertise it more you bring everybody together you make it you 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 basically restart it you you scrap the belts i agree with you 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 scrap the belts you do all you that scrap stuff. all these divisions <laughs> you, you, all the divisions you scrap all the different like organizations that there are you have your top and then you go you go UFC style. You go, all right, we're going to have a tournament. We're going to have a tournament. We're going to have a couple belts. It's going to be all. And we're you gonna know have, what? We're going to have like six, seven divisions. We're have like all one the best guys. Divisions, we're going to have, have all the, all best the bo- guys. Yeah. All the boxers who are there can fight in these in this tournament. And the tournament, depending on how well you do, will rank you. And you can then 
That's where you start in the line. Uh, you know what? Even is scrap that. Even I have, I have like the same thing with the UFC does now. Obviously, this isn't perfect because who cares about rankings? But like, I have the like have the media rank them, and then but well, I, even then, even that, even then, it's not perfect. But like, I do. But like, we know what fights we want to see, right? In boxing, like, we know we want to see Fury Wilder. Why did it take him six months? Well, it's like, also like the situation where you where. When when fans watch like a boxing a UFC fight, usually the we usually you know what happens when people like a fight. That person eventually makes it to the to a championship fight right. because people are like, "Hey, we want this person to have a shot because they're good." And we like, want him to fight now, not in. Right. We want him to fight like we we see again. We see this all the time in boxing. Floyd, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, perfect example. They fought ten years later than they should right. have. Like it's again. I'm gonna keep repeating that because that's the reality. And then the UFC is like, oh yeah, Khabib McGregor. We ain't gonna wait ten now. years for this. Yeah. We're doing it now. <laughs> We're doing it right. in two months or four months. Yeah. We're not doing it in ten years. Like, that's the problem with boxing. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, it's stupid. It's dumb. And anyway, it's, yeah. It, I I mean, again, it's not just us saying it. This is the reality of boxing. And like, it also, yeah, I put the fights on ABC. Sure, I put them on ESPN. Sure, I put them on Fox. Sure, they already have those contracts in place. Let me just take those contracts over and then actually give you good fights. Like. And then when you talk about the promotional piece, like like Fox just randomly promotes their PBC cards. They're so random. Like, it's just like, oh, here's this title fight. And here's these two guys I know nothing about in a 30-second commercial. It's not, it's not interesting. So, yeah, that's the reality. I, I think we're all in agreement. I think everyone's in agreement with how these sports had changed and – Hopefully that will happen over time. I think the UFC will learn to move away from the pay-per-view model. I think they already are trying to do that with ESPN Plus, but we'll see. Anyways, any other final notes before we head out? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. We did we did a pretty good we did a pretty good show, and then we're back on Friday to talk about the NBA Finals and everything else um, as well. So expect that on Friday afternoon. All right. Uh, see you, Brandon. Thanks for a All great right. show as always. Yep. Have a great rest of your night, everybody. Yep.